every single one of them hated the EV that they bought. Love the sector, hate the product. We said, no, electric vehicles need to beat petrol vehicles. They need to be better than an Activa. When we launched in 2018, Aether 450 was the fastest accelerating scooter ever produced in the country. I mean, all scooters, all petrol scooters included. And this was an electric. I am a big believer that you have to market. I think a strategy of, listen, marketing can be done, I think is a mistake in India. We are not a country where you can sell stuff on Twitter to a meaningful audience. Yeah. Yeah, you can sell stuff to Twitter for like 5 crore people, but Tool is about by like 30 crore people. But you almost need a washing powder Nirma campaign, right? Like go mainstream. And that's very difficult for a Bangalore startup to like pivot so mass. That's time lagta hai. Mumbai ka DNA. It's not just Mumbai, it's just mainstream DNA that's sitting in your ivory towers in Bangalore, yeah. Kormangla. It's very difficult to understand that you have to do a washing powder in Nirma. You have to buy a lot of scooters in Jabalpur. This episode is super inspirational. Because building a hardware startup is the toughest battle you can choose to fight as an entrepreneur in India. And not only when you are building one hardware, what about creating 100 pieces of hardware from scratch to fit together and making sure they all work seamlessly. This is the mother of all challenges. Today I have with me an entrepreneur who has not only taken up that challenge, but has delivered it successfully. I have with me the one who has built the most loved electric scooter from India a company that did 1800 crores of yearly revenue. We have Tarun Mehta, founder of Aether Energy on The Neon Show. Tarun is just 34 years old and today we talk about his life building Aether for the last 12 years. I would like to thank our sponsors, Prime Venture Partners, for sponsoring The Neon Show. Hope you like it. Hi, this is Siddharth Alwalia. Welcome to The Neon Show. Today I have with me Tarun Mehta, founder of Aether Energy. Electric vehicle has taken India by storm. And yeah. Aether has taken the electric vehicle industry by storm in India. <laughs> I would say that. And I would equate you to the Apple in India because I think you are one of the very few brands that believed in creating the end-to-end ecosystem. Hmm. You own your manufacturing, you own your distribution, you own your, you know, the experience that you provide to the customer. Hmm. So so it very it becomes very important for a customer that, I am interacting with Aether at all touch points. Hmm. There is no separate distributor. There is no separate service agency hmm. at at any any point, right? And I think that's a big reason that today Aether is at what 1800 crores of annual revenue. Yeah, FI23. FI23. Wow. Yeah. This is fantastic. And you guys are what you launched Aether in 2016. No, no, no. It's been a while. Most people don't know that. <laughs> We launched Aether in, this is the 10th year. Oh, the product is actually late 2018. So it's uh, about five years. Wow. And in yeah. five years, so much traction. Yeah. Right. And it took good, like what, six to seven years to, right, from the first investment round from Sachin Bini, which happened in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Before two years, Aether was still as a part of the IIT Madras labs, right, where you, the story is very popular that. It's a very garage uh, story. It's as garage as it gets, building hardware, uh, starting from one of the labs inside a department in the engineering college inside IIT Madras. So what happened for us was, Sarpran and I always used to think about starting, doing something in the energy space. Yeah. And we already figured out the name Aether Energy in second year of college. Uh, so it's an extremely old passion. Uh, the passion is, actually electric vehicles came secondary. The passion really was more about uh, the the energy industry. Yeah. And what we've been always passionate about is how can we make a meaningful contribution towards reducing the cost of energy? And electric vehicles came much later. Actually, after we graduated. Uh, you graduated in what? 2011? 12. 12. 12. Yeah. So graduated and, um, uh, and then a year later came back to the exact same lab where we graduated from, uh, convinced the professors to let us hang around yeah. uh, in good faith as we kind of figure our way around these batteries and electric vehicles. And a few months later, we became convinced that there's an opportunity. And and uh, you got a lot of photos and videos from that time because for about six, nine months, we used to sleep in the department. Okay. So every night, uh, I would sleep there, wake up, walk out of the campus, take a shower at a friend's place who used to live outside, and then walk back inside the lab. So as garagey story as it can get. Wow. And... Uh, you know, you guys have be- believed in the philosophy of 
first you created a first principles right the philosophy first you created a battery hmm. right hmm. and you thought that why would oems adopt this battery hmm. right because the products are not so good ha huh. so nobody would notice the battery experience if the end product is not so good correct uh, correct and and then you thought like let's build the end product which is a electric two wheeler so yeah so see i i i said right at the start that we were more interested in the energy industry yeah. we spent 3 4 years at uh, college trying to trying to figure out uh, what can we build in the energy yeah. industry and we actually built a bunch of engines which we we sort of uh, uh written off most of our internships and did nothing but did that yeah. um so when this idea came the idea originally was we should build lithium ion battery packs yeah. for electric vehicles the belief was that electric vehicles will be mainstream in the future and uh, it looked like the customer problem was around charging yeah the customer problem was the quality of the battery pack and that resonated really well with us because we were like boss battery banate hai battery banayenge to we are back to being an energy company yeah. brilliant like the dots have all connected really well so and you get to use the name ether energy also which yeah. is something we've been calling ourselves since 2009 time bhi ho gaya so we originally when we said we went back to the labs we were actually just building the battery pack and um we thought will be this nameless faceless b2b supplier yeah. uh, to auto companies building high quality battery packs then the idea expanded bola ki ya dekho battery bana rahe hai to we should be a genuine energy company we should not just build the battery but we should also refill that fuel so we should also build charging infrastructure yeah. then with this idea we went it and started doing customer trials we started doing customer clinics met dozens and like 50 60 100 customers we met over a period of few months and that's how we realized ki we can't we can't do this business every customer that we used to meet would love electric they believe this was the future they were big uh, supporters believers yeah. everything every single one of them hated the ev that they bought yeah love the sector hate the product and after a while we started asking ourselves boss you look sab itna gaali de rahe to the <laughs> the, the, the electric vehicle that they bought how exactly because initially idea was we will build these battery packs and offer them as a refurbishment yeah. so when their old battery packs die unko hum upgrade karenge to lithium yeah. and i realize they hate the product so much who will spend 40 50000 rupees buying a new battery pack yeah. to fix a product they hate in the first place this was a dead on arrival idea then we said ki oem ko bechenge so we went to the oems and we tried to pitch them and disaster we realized oems are in two camps either they are very smart and they know that humse ev nahi hoga theek hai ev is still like a 10 year old story yeah. later story or they idiots and they think importing from china is a brilliant yeah. strategy who needs to buy from india and like listen the oems are doing a very bad strategy we can't sell to them either so there was a very brief period when we were both scratching our heads and said looks like classical thing has happened we just went after the wrong market yeah. with the technology isko band karna padega and then swapan suggested they both are passionate about building a brand why were we even thinking of doing this nameless faceless thing we should just build a brand no we should just build a vehicle theek hai uh i was not convinced i said you know just to sort of test out we should just build a mock scooter to try and convince the oems yeah ki yeah, acha scooter bana sakte hai using our batteries in the process of building the scooter we fell in love with the scooter and then i also became convinced ki yeah. boss bana to fir proper vehicle brand hi banayenge this was which year this is 2013 this is 2013 almost one year after you quit your job almost no almost actually 6 months okay. we left our jobs in feb 2013 by august september we started became convinced of this uh, and by october 2013 we became convinced enough ki this should be a company okay and we should build an ev ev brand grounds up we need to own the full stack uh so that's how we landed up and and that's how it began from the battery and charging but then everything became so ev never took off in india for a long period of time yeah and it suddenly took off yeah it what are, what are the market dynamics for this so uh, ev actually electric vehicle this is not the first time it's happening electric vehicles had multiple waves in india the first wave i think was back in i think 2007 when some brands started importing electric scooters from china yeah they kept importing um volumes actually hit a peak of i think 1 lakh units per year in 2009 or 10 and the industry crashed what happened is a lot of crap vehicles were imported uh because nobody knew better yeah. and um 
कस्टमर्स बॉट थिंकिंग की यार हाउ बैड कैन इट बी इट बी लाइक एन एक्टिव वन हो बट विदाउट नीडिंग टू स्पेंड ऑन पेट्रोल बहुत बढ़िया है एंड दैट्स एन रियालिटी हिट दैम बिकॉज इंडियन कंज्यूमर्स एक्चुअली कॉइट पॉइंट Indian two-wheeler buyers have never experienced a truly bad product until electric vehicles hit them. And electric vehicles were really bad. Like these vehicles will not go over a flyover. And that when when that word of mouth started spreading, the EV industry pretty much collapsed. It went from 80 brands like 15 brands. It went from 1 lakh units per annum to like 15,000 units per annum. Major collapse happened. This 2010, 11, something like that. So when we started in 2013, the industry was doing pretty bad, frankly. Um, um. when we launched in 2018 i would say that's the second or maybe the third wave of electric vehicles um i believe what ether launched changed the market dynamic massively there's a very clear pre and post ether time before us the market was very clearly very small powered electric vehicles these were vehicles that would do 25 30 40 kilometers per hour yeah. basically toys there uh and the customer profiling is terrible like i could never figure out who wants to buy this vehicle because the pitch used to be please save the environment and you need to be an early adopter to buy this product yeah. and you need to have money to try an experiment like this and everybody who had money and was an early adopter also fundamentally wants to be proud about something like yes. they don't want to make an apology about it but these electric vehicles are terrible like you go slower than others your performance is worse the vehicles look bad you look like a dog on them it is like terrible from every possible perspective aap kahin se bhi kisi ko seedhe muh se bol hi nahi sakte ho ki yaar listen this is a very proud thing to do so we khaita nahi tha so our view was fairly radical at that point we said no no electric vehicles need to beat petrol vehicles they need to be better than an active like on most parameters that matter to consumers we were inspired by tesla tesla had launched model s in 2012 to some ridiculous early success which surprisingly auto companies in india had not understood yeah. we had seen and understood that so we said banana to matlab tesla strategy makes sense launch something seriously leaps ahead of others when we launched in 2018 ether 450 was the fastest accelerating scooter ever produced in the country i mean all scooters all petrol scooters included and this was an electric it was mind boggling for everybody uh this was the world's first aluminum frame bolted aluminum frame on a scooter in production this was the first scooter anywhere in the world to deploy a touch screen dashboard and the first one to have google maps there were so many first no that it became the model s equivalent of some sort actually i said not model s this became the roadster equivalent of some sorts uh, and so it attracted a different customer and then for the next 2 years we did not die typically you expect galti kariye aapne india mein mehanga product launch kar diya hai koi nahi khaydega next 2 years we did not die what was the cost of the first product terrible it was minus uh, minus 300% negative gross margin Yeah, negative three hundred percent gross margin. That was the cost. <laughs> What was the real cost? Like Android, some so for a company, three four lakh rupees. Yeah. Like it was like three four lakh, like really really high. Uh, but it came down super fast. It came down to like two in in the first year itself. Then it came below two, and then it kept falling. And now we have positive gross margin. Um, uh, but the first two years were difficult, but we did not die. We kept pulling and changing perceptions. and i think our biggest success happened when m- multiple oems started copying us so the wave 3 which is what we were uh, what we had started was was high performance electric scooters uh today high performance electric scooters which is 80 90 ka top speed range of 80 90 100 kilometers yeah. all lithium ion every scooter with a connectivity with touch screen dashboards this became the market standard Today, 60-70% of the Indian scooter markets are products like this. So now it's very awkward to call this the high-performance category if 75% of your market is a high-performance yeah. category. Then you have to recognize that this is mainstream now. Uh, it's gone to a point where the Indian scooter market is the most advanced scooter market in the world. Not a single country, not a single two-wheeler market competes with the technology standards of India today. Not even China. Coach, no. Bahut. China is that. China. I can't even define number of years because how far behind they are now. Volumes when they are ahead, but volumes will catch up in the next three four years. But in terms of just sheer technology and product quality and product, uh, the feature list. Uh, no, I'm not just speaking for Ether. I'm just I'm speaking actually for the entire e-scooter yeah. market in India. Far ahead, Taiwan, Korea, Japan, China, uh, all of Europe, uh, and nothing in US. Nothing matches up with it. And who would be the top five players and two wheelers and EV in India? Um, the top. Three are uh, us, TVS, Ola. 
um after that it's a slightly longer list but bajaj is an important player uh ampere is an important player uh but ampere imports from china or used to import from china see early on everybody imported from china i think ampere has a reasonable portfolio now but uh it's in the low speed category yeah, yeah. it's not generally not high speed that's the only primary difference yeah these are the top 4 5 players and in the bike category is there bike any? is still not prevalent in india electric bikes have not been cracked yet uh we've also looked at multiple times abhi bike na, I, i think it'll take time uh, scooters are far more successful and why why is the reason for that electric bikes will take more time well for that you'll have to understand why do people buy bikes first why do you think people buy bikes i think part of it is a show off part of it is high performance vehicle that on a two wheeler Huh. that and, and the bike person is either if you see like go back uh, mm. if people used to buy hero splendor yes this right? will do by the way <laughs> this is the highest selling tool in the country yeah. even now so i use it on, for crappy roads right mm. that is the best vehicle in india for for crappy roads for village roads for tier 3 road right uh, bajaj pulsar became a rage in tier 1 and tier 2 mm. uh, that's my understanding and and then everybody build on top of it whether they want to build for tier 1 or they want to build for tier 3 So you said you you can fundamentally fundamentally get three reasons. One was performance. Yeah. Next was show off. Third was uh, ruggedness. Yeah. Right. Now, number one, number two, vehicles that are bought for performance or show off are vehicles which have to be better than a scooter at least. Yeah. If a scooter ka performance hoga, toh the point hai. Bike is better than active on any day, right? For high performance. Ah, important question. Splendor is not better than an active. Okay. Splendor is not better than an ether. at all okay what is better is typically a 180 cc bike and beyond the market of 180 cc bikes and beyond in india is i think about um, 6% of the indian two wheeler market uh and about 10% of the bike market 90% of the bike market in india is basically splendor 9 80 90% Now that market is also increasingly buying it less for ruggedness. Ruggedness ka factor tha when roads were like absolutely shit in India yeah. and highways were like not present. It was just all bad uh, village quality roads. Roads have changed radically in India in the last five ten years. Um, tier one, two, especially tier three. Tier three yeah. road quality is actually quite phenomenal. Interstate highways is like pretty good now. I'm talking about inside villages or inside small. Inside villages is not again large enough volume. In the village road quality is also no longer terrible. So what's trying to happen is somebody buying a Splendor is still does buy it for the bigger wheels, so better suspension, but that's becoming less and less of a factor. Today people are buying a Splendor because it's cheaper than an Activa to buy, and it has more mileage, which means it's cheaper than an Activa to run. So Splendor is fundamentally linked to purchase capacity. Yeah. You have, if you could afford, you would buy an Activa. If you can't afford the running cost or the upfront cost, then you have to opt for a Splendor. And in my opinion, electric challenges that completely. Electric TCO is way better than a, a Activa and way better than a Splendor also. Because yeah. Splendor also you will spend two thousand rupees a month. Electric scooter you will spend three hundred rupees a month. Comparison here. I think the real bike market in India long term is the number one and number two reason, which is the show off and the performance bike. But that's five ten percent of the entire two wheeler market. I think 90% of the Indian two-wheeler market really is got to be scooters. If you buy a bike in a city, if you buy a Splendor, you are kind of condemning your entire family to not travel. Yeah. Right? Because then your wife can't travel on a Splendor, your uh, 60, 65-year-old parents can't travel on a Splendor. Yeah. If you got a young teenage kid, he or she can't travel on a Splendor. Only you can travel on a Splendor. If you have storage, you're screwed. If you buy one Apple, you don't have space. right so buying a bike in india is actually a lot of inconvenience no storage really bad ergonomics matlab from a uh, foot yeah. foot foot packs for whatever perspective uh and uh, very limited uh, mobility so the prime reason is cost and electric breaks are completely so my belief for the last several years has been electric scooters will decimate the commuter entry motorcycle market in india over the next 10 years what will be left as motorcycles is the premium and the high performance yeah. category 180 200 cc and beyond which will be a meaningful chunk but 10% maybe 20% so 
I think multiple people have sort of concluded the same, which is why they're not attacking bikes very aggressively. Obviously, the expanding business, all of us will launch yeah. bikes. But the reason it's not central to our pitch yet, it's because of these reasons. So you sold uh, 1 lakh scooters in FY22-23, right? Overall in India, if you would have the number or approximate number, how many two-wheelers got sold? So last year, I think about 6-7 lakh vehicles were sold, uh, electric. Um, us, Ola, TVS were about, I think, 50% of it. Uh, I think we did 1 lakh, I think Ola did 1.5 lakhs and TVS did again just under a lakh. So about 3, 3.5 lakh between us. And what would be the non-electric vehicle sold in India? Oh, huge. Talk about headroom. Uh, 1.6 crore last year. And how much of that would be bike versus scooter? Uh, roughly two-thirds, one-third. Two-thirds is bikes, one-third is scooters. But bike still owns like a one-third chunk of it, which still makes Because sense. affordability. If you can't afford a scooter, you have to settle for a bike, commuter. Yeah. Uh, electric scooters don't solve. Electric scooters solve that very differently rather. Electric bikes don't change that. So that's the primary reason. So if you build an electric bike, it's got to be a little bit of a performancey bike. This market hai, it's just that it's not the market that you think it is. If you've got to beat a Splendor, you will likely beat it with a scooter and not a bike. Got it. And Splendor still sells, right? The number one bike. It is, it is outrageous. It is, <laughs> it is so wrong. It is unbelievable the success of that product. 30 years later, it is still the market leader. I, I think if ever a sector needed disruption, it is the Splendor. I mean, disrupt And it's got the best cross margins. Like, uh, automotive companies, I think globally would kill themselves for 20, 25% gross margin. Splendor, I am sure has way more gross margin than, than most premium automotive companies in the world. Yeah. They start, Splendor starts at 60,000, I think. Today. Yeah, 60, 70k. Yeah. yeah. Activers today is 80, 90k. Yes. So it's phenomenal, right? And Splendor would sell what? 10, 20 lakhs units a year? What? No. No? Splendor sells 35, 40 lakhs units a year. And that number is still growing. No, it's growing Growth has stalled now. Okay. It's uh, so it will get disrupted now, but uh, the, the 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 lead has been just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. like four million units. And in 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 uh, two wheeler scooters, non electric. What would be the number one and how many units? Would it two wheeler, by? electric or non electric? Non electric. Non electric Activa. Every other scooter sold in the country is an Activa. So Indian scooter, Indian two wheeler market is a very unique dynamic. Generally, passenger car. The only car markets globally are fairly fragmented. Like if you want to be successful as a car maker in US, you need a wide enough portfolio. Yeah. You need like 10 product lines. You need like 10, 10, 12, 12 variants on each. You need yeah. a pretty rich portfolio. India, mein, the market leader in two-wheelers always gets to 50% plus market share. Splendor, dominating market share, more than 50%. Activa, winner, 55% market share. Pulsar, winner in the commuter sports category. I think more than 50% market share. Royal Enfield winner in the, uh, I don't know what to call the category, but 350cc category, 90% market share. So India two-wheeler winners never have to settle for scraps. If you're a winner, you will just like 50, 60, 70% market share is a given, uh, which is what creates a really rich margin profile that Indian two-wheeler companies enjoy. Like Indian two-wheeler gross margins and Maybe I'm jinxing them. I hope I don't jinx them. <laughs> are, are one of the richest globally. Not one. I think they are the richest. 25%, right? More. I think close to 30. Cool. It's outrageous. Premium luxury products get to those kind of margin structures in automotive. Not commuter products. And globally, <laughs> cars are less than 10% gross margin business? 15-ish. 15-ish. Yeah, if you get to 20, you're a Tesla. Tesla got to like, I think, late 20s and it was like... M- it's considered a, uh, anomaly. Two-wheelers do that regularly in India. I think one area where electric vehicles won't make that much revenue is the cost of service and parts. Right. So do you bake that into the product? It's a very interesting dynamic. You're right. On a per unit basis, servicing of an EV will not generate the same revenue as ICE. You don't have an engine oil change. Right. Um Right now, we have an interesting dynamic where because all of us are new players, while per vehicle revenue might be like one third compared to its ICE counterparts, every vehicle has to come back to the dealer for servicing. So typically, petrol vehicles, only one third of the vehicles come back to the dealer. Two thirds goes to the network, informal network outside. So on a fleet, capture is only 30%. 
electric per unit economics is one third, but then fleet captures hundred yeah. percent. So ineffective balance is out today. Um, but okay, long term I do think that electric vehicles are not going to make money on servicing. They just can't. Uh, and as quality improves for each of each one of us, that number will drop even further. Yeah. I think long-term electric vehicles will have to make money on something else. It'll have to make money on most likely upgrades. It'll have to make money on accessories. They'll have to make money on generally technology upgrades, yeah. uh, battery upgrades, uh, touchscreen dashboard upgrades, software upgrades, uh, those kind of things. So, here the business model, underlying business model is changing for sure. And today the price of Ether is between 1.35 to 1.65. Five, five. But yeah, yeah, it'll rise a little bit now. Yeah. Because of the subsidies getting yeah, so subsidies getting uh, reduced, so we'll increase prices marginally. We'll try and maintain prices with newer product launches, but yeah, the current products will become more expensive. Yeah. And how many products SKUs you have right now? That's two. just these two. In fact, that's actually one SKU because what you see as 1.55 is essentially a 20,000 rupee software upgrade sold. Okay. So in a sense, our our revenue is I would say about uh, 85% is uh, hardware. 15% is already software. And what do you charge in software for? So a lot of features. Uh, there are a lot of uh, advanced ride assist features. So for example, you want to turn auto hold on. So it's a, it's a pretty nifty feature where uh, if you bring your scooter to a stop and you leave your brakes, your scooter won't roll back and forth. So you could be on a little bit of a slopey surface. The mm-hmm. scooter will just stay there. So you don't have to keep your brakes pressed. And the minute you throttle, it'll start going forward. Uh, actually very well implemented. So this algorithm is part of the software pack. Uh, there are some advanced regenerative features. There is the entire connectivity suit turns on. So 4G connectivity in the vehicle, Bluetooth connectivity in the vehicle, uh, the ability to take calls, the ability to uh, listen to music, uh, mobile phone tracking, remote service booking, uh, many, 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 many. So everything with software in it, we kind of bundle in, in a single pack. In a sense, in a sense, a little similar to how Tesla does uh, a single software pack of its uh, autonomous features. Obviously, this is nothing to do with autonomy, but everything non-hardware-ish kind of comes in this one package. So I would say Tesla had a big influence on Aether, right? If we remove Tesla from the picture, let's say Tesla hadn't mm-hmm. existed, right? Uh, would Aether be today where it is? I think uh, I think our philosophy would have been very similar because that's how we were wired. Uh, fairly first principles, and a uh, very strong, very strong confidence on a product. But I think if Tesla never existed, uh, some of the supply chains would have been very different globally. Yeah. I think electric vehicles owe a lot to the lithium-ion supply chain that Tesla created. Tesla created this entire model of using these small form factor cells and stacking them together to build a battery pack. This was difficult. I think it would have been difficult for most other companies to think through. Because uh, it's a giant leap what Tesla took. Tesla basically said that, listen, before Tesla, automotive companies would say, Six Sigma, yeah. So, you have to make a big So, you'll buy these small modules and you will stick them together. But how many modules? Like 20, 30 modules. You'll take 20, 30 modules, connect positive, negative, positive, yeah. negative, positive, negative, positive, negative, and then end-to-end, positive, negative, taken out, connect to the motor. Very simplistically put. Even at 20, 30 modules itself, you'll be sweating. Yeah. Because 20, 30 modules may... Uh, 60 welds out there, 6 Sigma pe operate karna hai, so you can only have like 3 failures in a million. You're already signing up for like 1 failure for every few thousand vehicles, right? It's already sounding scary. Tesla came and said, you know what? We'll build a battery back with 6,000 cells, which means something like 24,000 welds per pack. Even if you operate at 6 Sigma, 3 failures in a, in, in, in a million or something like that means you are guaranteed a failure in every 40th car. Even if you operate, sorry, a failure every 15th car. Means every 15th car, means one car, you have one fail. And if the battery pack, one fail fails, you are doomed, right? Yeah. So even if you operate Six Sigma, you have no business here. And Tesla took that challenge and cracked it. And uh, I think the world owes a lot to Tesla because of this leap that they were able to make. Particularly this leap. In the absence of it, there is no way lithium-ion prices would have become affordable because it changed the underlying economics of the industry radically. The small form factor cells were very affordable. But the small form factor cells would have never, never come into automotive. In fact, automotive OEMs kept responsible. We were obviously, we embraced it very early because we loved how Tesla thought about these decisions. But most major auto guys kept resisting this until like a few years back. They're like, like, this will catch fire. But they did not catch fire. 
So I think Tesla has been influential, but not on everything. I think core philosophies, I don't think we would have been very different. And Tesla open sourced this, right? This technology. They open sourced the IP. I think that's more PR. See, IP is truly open source value if what you have is fundamental science, yeah. like a chemical compound or like a pharma, uh, uh, some, some medical compound. Sure. Um, open sourcing designs, design patents, anyways, companies find a way around them. So nobody needs to use they a would, patent. They would reverse engineer, right? Yeah, it would happen. So I think uh, open sourcing the patents was more ultimately served more PR purpose than genuine access the industry yeah. purpose. Want, want to capture the journey from 2018 to till now, right? Hmm. If you can recall, right, how many scooters you would have sold in 2018? FI 18, 19, maybe a thousand scooters. As you like, expected that, that across how many stores? One. Okay, in the Indra Nagar. <laughs> yeah, in the Nagar, sure. <laughs> that, That's the... Running like 200 a month. Uh, demand was healthy only. We, however, could not produce more than 2,000, 200, sorry, 200 a month because um, unit economics was terrible. And um, I could never justify burning money yeah. to sell more hardware. Uh, hardware has no lifetime value of the yeah. customer. Ek sale hai. Kind of customer is yeah. out for the next six, seven years. So that was one challenge. Second also was, uh, this was the first time an EV of this caliber was being built in the country. Yeah. So the underlying quality was very uncertain. Like I didn't want to be in a situation, we have sold 10,000 scooters and batteries catch fire across the entire country tomorrow. We can't even like stomp all of them out. Uh, so we wanted a fairly controlled pilot for the first couple sure. of years. The idea was Bangalore first year, yeah. Chennai by year two, and then Pan India in year three. So 2020 was meant to be the Pan India push. 2018 August was started. Yeah. 2019 August we opened Chennai. And oh, if you can uh, same recall how many scooters you sold in second year and third year? So I remember the revenue numbers better. Uh, I think first year revenue was probably... FI 19 was um, 20, 30 crores. Okay. FI 19, 20 was, uh, I think again, something like that, only 30, 35 crores. Yeah. FI 20, 21 was 75 crores. Uh, FI 21, 22 was 410 crores. Wow. And 20 to 23 was 1800. So this is a massive jump, right? Yeah, it's a massive Between jump. Between 75 to 400 yeah. and 400 to 1800. What I think happened? a lot of people think that it's mature for 10 years, it's a company. I said, it's a US sales. Okay, <laughs> like, it's a R&D research. Kar rahe. So, um, it's, a, it's a legacy company now with extremely young sales and yeah. business processes. Um, like, forget, even in FI 2023, till August, our monthly revenue was like 30, 40 crores. Uh, finished the year with like, 200 something yeah. Uh, yeah much more than that I think close to about 260 270 so it's um, last few quarters have been particularly crazy growth but see that's how hardware works I think a lot of things I think what's what's going to happen now is gradually I think today most investors don't have a mental model of how hardware makes money right and that's because we haven't seen hardware stories play yeah. out so all we know about hardware is bahut paisa lagta hai bahut time lagta hai Bahut R&D lagta hai. Bahut R&D lagta hai, bahut time lagta hai. Tab tak businesses will scale up so much. The differences that you will start gradually understanding as more and more stories like ourselves play out is that once you built hardware, once you've stabilized your platform, you've got a really powerful lead. You've got a really powerful moat that internet businesses can never deliver on. Almost never. SaaS maybe. Internet powered businesses almost never. Think of it. Etherized uh, 12 million at series A, 30 million at series B. Uh, it has raised roughly like about 300 odd million till now. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Ola because its entry was very lateral. That's yeah. not a regular startup process. Yeah, Ola yeah. was a giant when they entered. Ola was already a very large cap business. It yeah. had an ability to bring in a lot of money. So forget about Ola. With the exception of Ola, the next company after it has raised 20 million, 30 Which million. Which one is it? I think uh, Ultravolet has raised some. Uh, followed by, I think, uh, Simple Energy and uh, uh, some of these startups in the sure. 5, 10, 20 million range. You never see this dynamic play out in the internet business. Internet business, if one startup raises Series B, the five others who yeah. are funded with Series A in six months. Somebody gets to Series C, four others get to Series B after Same that. happened. Food delivery, uh, 
grocery shopping, <laughs> grocery shopping, quick delivery, quick yeah, commerce, yeah, everywhere, yeah. right? Because the fundamental, because all you prove out is that there is market demand. Yeah. But the servicing of that demand, आपने कोई मोड नहीं बिल्ड किया होता है, right? It's not like oh, I'm Amazon, I build like 30 years worth of understanding yeah. of how to build these infrastructure. No, right? Everybody's on the same footing. Hardware, that's not the case. You build, you build, you build, you build, you stabilize, you stabilize, you learn from mistakes, you beat quality metrics, you beat them down, you beat cost down. So by the time you launch, and if you find success, so it's, I would say it's a high risk, high reward strategy. You have to go all in for a long while, but if it works, you will see a sudden explosion of revenue. Like ten years later, I would argue that there are so many other startups, so many other software businesses, internet-enabled businesses. Who would probably have the same gross margin or revenue profile as Ether, but their journey would have become maybe five years, six years before us. So ours hardware generally is a more spiky uh, success situation. If you're successful, you will certainly yeah. skyrocket. Uh, but it takes, it comes at a time. And who are the other three, four hardware startups from India that you respect? Um, I think there's a lot of good work happening on the um, uh, on uh, on the satellite side. uh a lot of good startups hyderabad some of them uh they've done really good work um along with us um, i'm blanking on the name just now but there was um, there's another tiger funded hardware startup for e-commerce uh, logistics gray orange gray orange yes i just forgot the name it's been a few years i think gray orange had done a lot of really really credible work back in the day obviously i understand the friends haven't tracked them in recent times um there is uh, i i think we are seeing a lot of hardware companies come out of iit madras in particular and many of them are um, fairly niche topics but uh, very solid businesses that's what i'm seeing there's a lot of good work that's happened in the drone side a lot of really good drone startups that have come up in the country uh, who was a pioneer out of iit bombay uh, idea forge yeah so there i think is a pretty fast expanding hardware ecosystem in the country and it's no longer art, it's no longer an art to do hardware yeah. i think there's an ecosystem of engineering talent coming out now that's kind of seen these systems built out uh, there have been so many hardware startups that have come out of ether there's um, uh, appliance uh, in in cooking there is uh, exponent energy there is um, uh, another one in the battery side i'm blanking on the name right now uh, uh there are at least like seven eight startups yeah. that are popped up from ether so that ecosystem of hardware is just starting to pop up and i think on the consumer side because most the names that you said right be beat gray or orange right yeah. is on the idea forge they are on the b2b side right Correct. so this to, still don't require the marketing branding distribution muscle oh yeah yeah they are more like sales yeah. if you build a great product uh, able to prove the value uh, and know how to sell to enterprises governments you will still make that cut so companies like appliance or uh, on the cooking side i think there are a fair bit of consumer focused yeah. hardware companies are coming together uh, and they're all trying very different very interesting models uh, very design heavy very product heavy very very um, manufacturing heavy i think a very interesting model trying to emerge yeah. none of them existed when we started 10 years ago being on the consumer side only you are there and you are the largest and second would be ultra human which builds rings yeah ultra windows yeah yeah very good stuff So, so why is so hard, right? Because one is VCs don't understand, as you said, right? Why uh-huh. is the second most hardest reason why hardware doesn't sell in India? Is it because people take time to build the value in their minds, like especially consumers, for a new hardware? No, I don't think that's the case now. I think India has enough demand. I am I'm, I'm a firm believer. Somebody said this from Lands many years ago. India has never been historically actually really, if you think about it, it's not really been a demand constrained market. We've been a sub genuinely we've been a supply constrained market. we don't get the good stuff yeah. we get the good stuff at a ridiculous premium in india historically so i think there has been just like japan of the 60s and 70s i think we have a huge market wanting and willing to buy good high quality products it's just that there are not enough domestic champions building them at, at the sense at a sensible cost structure in india today um i think if you were to start a consumer focused hardware company today in india you would find demand actually a easier problem uh distribution actually is an easier problem because we've cracked distribution in india there's phenomenal leadership that can that can quickly join you at a moment's notice and scale up your distribution uh, across the country uh whether it's fmcg whether it's uh ev or anything um 
I think what we have historically missed out are two things. One is access to capital. I would still say that's a very serious challenge. Uh, we were talking about it before, right? Like yeah. there are no, there are no traditional name VCs on yeah. our cap table, right? Like you would imagine. Yeah. Like I said, or an Axel or a, uh, No Indian VCs there. No Indian yeah, franchises right? there. Because I think historically it's been very difficult for Indian investors. They've just not been exposed to how hardware makes money. Yeah. So you need a few champion success stories that, oh yeah, you know what? A hardware company can become worth like $50 billion. Yeah. Then suddenly, capital access will just skyrocket. If one $50 billion outcome can happen, yeah. then then we should be pouring in $5 billion into the sector, not like $50 million. Yeah. So that hasn't I think it's just in the process of not starting to happen. Second is, um, there's a very, there's been historically a very serious shortage of engineering and manufacturing engineering talent. Because India has not done enough core product development. We have amazing number of engineers. We have really good engineers. But unfortunately, either they are pure play software. Yeah. Or if they are working on hardware, they get what I call as the backroom work more often than not. They will get an automotive, a German automotive company. They will not send their good work to India. Yeah. What they will send is, hey, listen, we already have this car. We need to indigenize it, right? So make a few changes. So it meets Indian compliance. It meets Indian cost requirements. And that's it. But how do you fundamentally come up with that platform? How do you fundamentally think of manufacturing constraints in day one of design? How do you think of the marriage of design and and and, and manufacturing constraints coming together? How do you think of supply chain as you're thinking of product specs? Right? You, have to, you can't just say, oh, I'll just do... I'll just do the, th- the textbook uh, machining technique, right? Because there may be not a single supplier in this country who, who does die casting in that way. So it's very theoretical. What you're thinking is very theoretical. You need experienced manpower who's seen this happen. And India's, I don't think we have a very robust ecosystem of talent on that front. Or new talent getting created. Now it is getting created. Uh, Ether has about a thousand engineers today. I think we are obviously creating some of the talent. Uh, so will Ola. So will maybe TVS as they build their own yeah. EVs. In fact, I think electrification, electric vehicles, because of the amount of lead India has, is going to create one of the first waves of genuine platform builders on hardware in India after a very long time. But those two, I, be, I think, have been the biggest missing pieces in the past. And do you think the, the engineers on the manufacturing side are getting paid as well as on the software side, the top minds, because if that doesn't happen, like people will still aspire from colleges to become the best software engineers rather than the best hardware engineer will still be a passion project. Will still, they'll follow that route because of passion yeah. like you did. I don't think so. I think there's still a gap, but the gap has started narrowing a little bit with, again, electric vehicles coming in, automotive gap has started narrowing because you suddenly Historically, you never needed these mechanical engineers to do new work because yeah. platforms bunch you care. The the scooter that you built today was perfected 30 years ago. So what's the what's the new value add a new mechanical yeah. engineer brings to the table? Not much. But the minute you say, listen, I need to build as an industry, we need to build like 50 different electric scooters. Somebody should come in and do the platform work for the first time, and the person who can do it becomes extremely valuable. So I think in electric vehicles we're seeing a considerable correction today. There is demand and supply at play still. So I think software still commands a uh, premium, but I think premium has narrowed. Uh, and I think the more, the more businesses are created, that get created, that get funded, those businesses will demand more of this talent. Yeah. A talent shortage will continue to exist and their pay, pay, payrolls will continue to shoot up, which is good because that will then be a very useful feedback system back to engineering colleges. Yeah. Boss, yeah, EV companies are paying like, you yeah. know, mechanical engineers like this really sweet salary. Why am I, why am I trying to get into McKinsey? Yeah, why, why would I, I get a 20 lakh package if I join like a, right. like a real nice EV company, you know? Yeah. Obviously, a long cycle. It won't happen like in one year. It takes like a decade. I think in the middle of that cycle. So th- that's the reason, right? Why are mechanical engineers we have seen shifting so into right. consulting, yeah, even yeah, from consulting, yeah, consulting in banks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, it's a demand and supply who will pay more. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll see some of the correction now. And do you go for a day one in hiring at IITs for these mechanical and manufacturing? On and off. Not necessarily every year. We went last year. We did not go the year before. We went the year before. Uh, 
uh, we are still not very stable as an organization yeah. uh, how much talent will need is still for us unpredictable so we go on and off and how big is the overall team that's fully on payroll 1500 1600 on payroll uh, and about another 1500 contract out of that thousand is engineering product development and testing yeah. so okay I, i should correct not technically engineering but yeah product development and testing yeah and how you know you mentioned you you have been yeah able to build a large distribution branding muscle over the last few years and you, you yourself don't come from that background right pure engineer who was who was a product developer at heart mm. like you loved innovating can you share that journey how did this distribution muscle get built over a period of time and what you did for it um i think we're still building it uh, uh we may have 140 stores but our ice competitors have 3000 yeah. <laughs> so i think there is a long way to go uh but yeah, 140 is been extremely educational say founders have to learn uh, i i think is a rare founder who's truly experienced in the industry uh so neither were we we've learned uh, as the years have gone by and generally we've realized that um it's best to build a muscle in the company yourselves first and fail a little bit bit at it before you bring in the real leadership and before you bring in the big guns every time we have attempted something as a lazy approach yeah you can't build karega let us hire a solid vp for this and get out of it yeah. it's generally not worked so yeah we've gone closely involved with uh, sales uh, we've always been involved in marketing because we care of the brand right from day one when i said i start stopping was very careful about hey listen we should own the brand yeah. that will be the fun thing that will be a good story so brand we've always been very particular about so we're involved in marketing right from day one sales is something that's only in the last year i would say that we got involved in so thinking about its systems you learn from failures we open the last 60 stores terrible results so now you get in and then you try to figure out what they do right in the first 60 what can you uh, we are big believers of process by the way so wherever we can chipcoify process set up a proper suite sop we will our minds will automatically go there that's it it helps learning and if you can share right what worked for you in marketing and sales like what initiatives what cost what pro- some of the processes so that other hardware startups listening to it can learn um i'm not sure these are necessarily good uh, feedbacks for other hardware startups particularly the so big learnings uh, out of a marketing strategy was um, go with a very high conviction pitch uh market i think sees through it pretty quickly if you are testing something with them so you got to go with very high conviction uh, because i'll reflect in the product will reflect in the design will reflect in the communication what works for us is having a very clear and transparent communication we generally will not sugarcoat or try and confuse you yeah uh, if you got bad news for example um so very transparent communication generally most people are surprised so there was a time 2020 we increased our prices our product was 115000 in january 2020 i announced an upgrade to the product and increased the prices to 165000 obviously response was not good so we called on all hands not sorry we called a consumer catch up we called about 350 people to our office there we can catch up and i opened up the pnl in front of them i opened up the company's pnl as i dekho ye pnl hamara this is the cost of goods clearly we're not making money this is what i long term believe first principle this is how our cost will add up and this is where i think we'll be able to get to and i do believe hand on heart that we will have the best cost structure this product if i price less than 165000 without subsidies will not make business case it worked wonders we got so many people standing up in that Sakarin say because you guys told us this will now buy the vehicle and this is amazing and those guys became champions for us over a period of time they became the earliest community leads who went out and even today on social media would fight for us like if 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 there are a lot of campaigns that run against us there are a lot of paid campaigns that run against us like if somebody will post like something bad about Ether they'll suddenly mm-hmm. will see 100 retweets with like three likes you obviously what's yeah. happening these guys become the champions suddenly you know kind of uh uh cleaning up the mess there so trans clear transparent and honest communication has been one very 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 big thing for us and finding for uh, I, i think best to do it yourselves first like while we have dealerships today the first three stores that we set up were all owned and operated by her so it let us perfect the design the placement the training the 
right down to the uniforms and and you know like what is the story that you're telling of Aether? Uh, if you outsource this, just like anything else, then you kind of this will not become your yeah. moat. This will not become a differentiator for you. Uh, first brand was important, so we did it first. And how how do you drive sales to let's say you have 140 locations right now? Huh. How do you drive sales to each of those locations? What are you doing for that? Let me think. What do we do? So there are fairly granular targets, uh, broken down store by store day by day at every step of customer's interaction from booking a test ride to doing the test ride to making a booking to making the full payment to taking delivery uh, all these steps are tracked multiple times a day and uh, they get discussed at uh, leadership level uh, every week i think one big learning for me is india needs marketing so we had this uh, very pure view at one point, probably inspired by Xiaomi and also Tesla, that boss, we should not do marketing. No marketing dollars spent by us. We will only be like this online community driven cool thing. And then I realized that's good for some D2C brands. But if you want to do like thousands of crores of automotive revenue in India, how do you drive awareness? Yeah. Like your competitors, Hamara Bajaj and Deshki Dharkan Hero. Yeah. Like if you say Ether, our early market researchers told us most people did not believe that we are an Indian brand. Like, koi imported brand hai, pata nahi kab tak It sounds very European. Yeah. Unfortunately, that does not bode well for us because they're not sure if we are here for, for the long stay. So we realized this in uh, 2021. I, I am a big believer that you have to market. I think a strategy of, listen, marketing ka nahi nahi hai, I think is a mistake in India. We are not a country where you can sell stuff on Twitter to a meaningful audience. Yeah. Yeah, you can sell stuff to Twitter for like 5 crore people, but two is about by like 30 crore people. So you have to, you have to, all, you should almost consider, which actually even we have not been successful yet at, but you almost need a washing powder Nirma campaign, right? Like go mainstream. Uh, and that's very difficult for a Bangalore startup yeah. to like pivot so mass. It's a time. It's Mumbai's DNA. It's not Mumbai, it's this mainstream DNA that's sitting in your ivory towers in Bangalore, yeah. Kormangla, it's very difficult to understand that you have to do a washing powder and then you have to do a washing powder in Jabalpur. Like how? They don't know you have an amazing community and like you do open house events in like Palace Road, Palace uh, uh, Grounds in Bangalore. For them, you are like another automotive company. They've heard of MG, they've heard of Hero, they've heard of Bajaj, they've never heard of Aether. Yeah. How, how will I buy? So our biggest learning has been, don't shy away from marketing. Marketing is a very important tool. Spend on it. Automotive margins allow us to spend, but yeah, yeah, I think you have to spend meaningful quantums. And, and if you can share like rough, rough number, right? How have you, your spend in marketing grown uh, over the years? And, and what, what is it on? Mostly? See, they've dropped dramatically as percentage of revenue. Sure. They're not like single digit percentages. Uh, but even 5% of 2000 is still 100 crores yeah. in marketing. Early years, you'll have to spend. Like when you used to 35 crores of revenue, we are still spending 20, 30 crores on in marketing. TV, on TV? No, that time we didn't do TV. 30 crores revenue, pay, it's only Bangalore, right? So no TV. Mostly just uh, mostly just online. For And we used to think online will be enough until we hit scale of late 2021, where we realized, boss, we need TV. We want to now sell five, 6,000 scooters a month. Uh, to give you a comparison, Royal Enfield... Bullet, yeah. Bullet, it's a famous yeah. product. Yeah, we all know about it. Yeah. It does, I think, 14,000 units a month. Pan India. Wow. At, we do 14,000 today. Yeah. So how do you beat a Royal Enfield's brand awareness without spending? You have yeah. to, right? And what channel worked for you? I love newspapers. I think newspaper awareness is... I know a lot of marketers will tell you, wow, it's such an inefficient media and... Performance marketing is brilliant. I've had a pretty different view. I love newspapers. Front page ads. Front page ads. Nothing works better. Like the amount of footfall they bring in, I kid you not, they pay themselves back over a weekend. Like the best ROI. So you you do that on a Friday then, right? Karte Saturday Sunday. But yeah, but basically, uh, but they pay off very quickly. Yeah. I think newspaper ads are one of the best prints possible uh, for a brand like ours. TV also, but TV needs a minimum threshold. You can't do like a 5 crore TV campaign. You need a larger chunk. So if you're going to spend 30, 40 crores, then I think TV also works pretty beautifully. And have you done it? We did it. We did it last IPL. Not this IPL. We did it previous IPL. We did it. uh, We've done it. We we did it during last festive, October. 
We did also something in this Jan. Uh, we don't do it as continuous thing. Nobody does it as a continuous thing. There are spikes when you got a new product introduction. And uh, that immediately drives footfall for you? That The TV campaigns? TV, I don't think TV drives immediate footfalls. I think TV is more salient, more long-term salience. You kind of want to be that brand that I am a TV baby. Yeah. Basically setting up an experience center with a lot of nice marble in it, a lot of nice glass on it, turning up in on a, on a, on a IPL team's jersey, yeah. doing mainstream TV. None of this drives immediate traffic, but what it does is it, it gives air cover to the customer that if they buy an Ether, they will not be Asks awkward question. Ye kya liya apne? They'll be like, mujhe pata hai. Their friends will be like, mujhe pata hai. You need to give them, you need to give your buyer air cover. Yeah. While buying, they need to feel convinced ki nobody will feel ki maine galti kar di. Hmm. Haan, to pata hai na. So I'm making a good decision. Yeah. Right? So I think all of this advertising is primarily to give them air cover. Uh, ultimately has to speak for itself. And in today's market, right? What would your aspiration be, right? Let's say. Hmm. Uh, not not in EV, but but let's say in two wheeler. Would you mm-hmm. want to be Bajaj? Would you want to be Hero? Uh, I I think uh, the EV market. I think that overall automotive market will change considerably this decade. I think the current frameworks of Royal Enfield, Hero, Bajaj, TVS, they will not operate. Uh, frankly, I think it'll be a very different world. I think as a brand, we're not necessarily too hung up on doing the lowest cost product. We think it's difficult to build a very valuable business yeah. doing that. Um, equally, we don't want to do super niche. We don't want to big. So if I were to give polar examples, Hero is super mass market, yeah. but obviously with beautiful margins. Uh, and Royal Enfield is super niche. Yeah. But it's amazingly uh, Apple-like margins. I think I think the right I think the opportunity in India is now to do, be more mainstream than Royal Enfield, without necessarily trying to do very entry-level products because our per capita GDP is rising. Um, I think that's, I think some of the middle is very thrill Um Our true north on the product side will be experiences. We want to deliver pretty amazing experiences. I think the new customer in India is seeking them, which is why they're buying iPhones, which is why they're buying compact SUVs, uh, which is why premiumization of two-wheelers is a pretty massive phenomena. Uh, we want to we want to solve that customer's needs, their mind states, uh, solve for them in a big way. Yeah, I think today what Hero would be what thirty forty thousand crores in yearly revenues. Uh, thirty, yeah. And Bajaj would be what forty. Thirty roughly. Both of them, are they yeah. both hold the same position, like as number one, number one. And the market cap Bajaj is larger. Bajaj is a one lakh crore brand, yeah. uh, one point two. Hero is I think fifty sixty thousand crores, because Bajaj's margins are more. Uh, uh, richer than he so 4x of their revenues Bajaj would be today, today's public market right you're saying yes they are. and Hero would be 2x yeah and I think the car segment would be more poorer in terms of yeah what 1x is uh, a good luck yeah, so so I, I see right in the next few years Aether would be what uh, journey would be 8000 crore 16000 crore and then this kind of journey over, over a period of time see I don't know exact I don't know real revenue numbers I do believe that this decade, two-wheelers will overwhelmingly go electric. Yeah. I believe Aether will keep shaping the market. We've been the pioneers. We have shaped the market. Today, we are, um, I believe we are the we are the lion's share of the margin in the industry comes to accrues to Aether. I believe that will continue through the decade. Uh, and it will imply whatever revenue it will lie at. And I think Ola Electric is testing the public markets before Aether. They are... I think just preparing. I think some announcements are yeah, going public in the next this year. This year yeah. itself, right? By the I think by the end of December, yeah, they they should uh, go public. Yeah. So, so that that will I think help Ether set like what goes in the mind of a Indian retail ma- market or the uh, you what you can. Think I, of. I think I think it'll be I think it'll be good to understand uh, and good to learn uh, the response they get. Yeah. But to be honest, I think EV is the story of the future. Yeah. Uh, uh, it is the growth sector. So I, I think timing issues aside, uh, I think EV brands in general will be will be the one uh, in demand. If you're an automotive buyer as a stock buyer, EV is what you've got to put money in. So yeah. Tata has leveraged that very well with Nissan. Well. Absolutely, yeah. It's opened up such a big uh, valuation for them uh, and such considerable lead in the in the in the category for them. Yeah. Yeah.
So thank you so much, Tarun. I want to do an episode two and episode three with you. <laughs> uh, this is it for you know uh, your introduction, your introduction of how you think, how you have built Aether. It's such a beautiful product. It's such a great experience. Uh, right. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I always, whenever I pass through Indranagar, I always look up to your. And we have eight showrooms in Bangalore. See more showrooms also. <laughs> yeah, that remains our uh, often our generally our highest selling uh, store uh, in the country. Uh, I I do believe that's the highest selling uh, e two wheeler store in the country, and it might just be the highest revenue per square feet. Uh, anything in the country yeah i think globally you're saying next to apple the uh, we do uh, indranagar uh, on many months beats apple global averages quite quite comfortably i think on a regular month i think it also beats but on a good month festive months whatever i think it's like double that of apple global average so i think what, what you have built is a lot of hardware entrepreneurs will follow your lead and i think already people are coming out of ether and building the ether mafia i i think we we need a lot of hardware companies in the country um i think that's where jobs will get created i think if you want real industry real scale industry you need hardware companies and hardware startups of today will become giants mm-hmm. 20 years out a lot of work is happening on the battery side right battery yeah this like is what happening on that super exponent and lot of stuff battery yeah. swapping is there then battery charging is there yeah. a lot of infra is getting built do you think there's so much demand that for that infra right oh, yeah, absolutely that 250 million two wheelers on indian roads this number i think will become close to about 400 million by the end of this decade including exits of old vehicles outside of mobile phones this is the highest other device in the country so yeah there's demand if you're saying there's charging infrastructure yeah there's charging infrastructure demand there's public fast charges demand there's there's going to be a 30 35 million annual ev two wheeler battery requirement i think it's a Ginomasti large industry. Thank you so much. Yeah, a pleasure. Love this uh, podcast with you. Yeah. Uh, glad uh, could come and glad uh, thank you for hosting me.